Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. Well, I am going to share something with you that came from our workshop that we did at Sisterhood recently. Sisterhood is our women's gathering that we have at our church, and it happens once a year. And I did a workshop speaking to women that were just really ready to grow deeper in their faith. And this particular uh, session that I did, I talked about um, what blocks our freedom. And so I've got three parts where we're going to break this down of the three things that I believe uh, keeps us from everything that God has for us. So with all that said, let's jump into today's content. Number two, the thing that's holding us from freedom. The first one is the lies that we believe. The second one is sins that we can't leave. Sins that we can't leave. Genesis 3.1 says, Thou the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. You're not smarter than Satan. He's more subtle and crafty than any other living thing. And what was the result of this, right? He pulled them into sin. He pulled them into going the opposite way away from God. People do not drift towards holiness, in fact, your, your natural sin nature, it feels good to be angry when you're angry, right? It feels good to be in shame when you're in shame. It feels good to have a pity party. Anybody ever like look at yourself crying in the mirror and you're like, I am so pathetic. Nobody else? Three of us. Great. Thanks. I went to bed one night and I had a whole nine by 13 of cake and um, because it was just that kind of day and I'm crying and I'm eating the cake in bed and Brian came in there and he's like, I understand. It's been one of those days and he walked out, right? So, but people don't drift towards holiness. Those negative emotions, right, produce negative feelings, which make us then eat more of that and produce more of it. But you're not going to produce, you're not going to drift towards holiness on your own. Apart from grace driven effort, People do not gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, worship, delight in the Lord, a hunger for his word. Come on, is this good? You're you're not going to gravitate towards those. You want me to give those to you again? You're not going to gravitate towards godliness. You're not going to wake up one day and be like, Man, it feels so good to bless my enemies. I love being a submissive wife. Never, right? You're not going to gravitate towards godliness. You're not going to gravitate towards prayer. If you're waiting to get a prayer life for when you feel like it, you'll never do it. You're, you're not going to gravitate that way. The, the culture is pulling us the opposite from that. Obedience to scripture. Come on, I still believe that this book is the compass for our life. Uh, obedience to scripture, it doesn't feel good to do the things that God tells us to do. You're not going to gravitate towards faith. It's easy to gravitate towards fear, towards doubt, towards rejection. Those things are easy. It's hard to live a life of faith. Um, Delight in the Lord. It's hard to believe God, uh, to sing songs like the goodness of God when you watched everything you believe for not happen. It's, that's hard. But in every time we sang um, the song, um, you've always been good. 
You've always been kind. It's in your nature. It's who you are. Every time we sang that in that season, even though I didn't feel it, even though nothing was changing in me, little by little, God was healing my heart. And, and it's delighting in the Lord in hard times. The first enemy when it comes to sin is a drifting heart. And I talked about this a little bit in my message last night, but I had this in my notes for today. So deal with me. Okay. Is that okay? Uh, first enemy when it comes to sin is a drifting heart. Nobody ever wakes up one day and is like, I'm going to ruin my life with sin. Nobody's like, you know what sounds good? Let's just wreck everything with my sinful nature. Nobody does that, right? But we, we drift towards it with compromise, and we call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience, and we call it freedom. Well, I'm free. I'm living under grace. Well, yeah, but part of grace means that you don't get to live however you want to live. And if you haven't gotten convicted for anything in a long time, you're abusing grace. Because God messes with me about everything. Y'all, he messes, he messes with me about my jacket. And then he put Emily in the car. So rude. We drift towards superstition and we call it faith. And we begin to cherish the indiscipline and the loss of self-control. And we call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we've escaped legalism. Well, I'm just not a legalist. Yeah, but you also aren't doing the basics that the word requires. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves that we've been liberated. Come on, do you have a drifting heart? And, and I'll say just ultimately every sin basically comes down to this is pride. And pride is the worst sin because when you're walking in it, everybody sees it but you. Um, okay. So I started counseling, and I'm going to Laura, and I'm like, I know what the problem in my life is. And she's like, okay, what is it? I'm like, Brian. <laughs> if Brian would change my life, it would be great. Like, he's the only problem I have. And she's like, okay, what else do you want to talk about? I'm like, there's nothing. I'm great. Everything else is great. Brian's the problem. Uh, so do you want to talk about that? And so she's like, sure. So we did a few sessions where I just like screamed, yelled about Brian. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Is this too real for y'all? Are y'all okay? Okay. I'm so frustrated. And then finally one day she looked at me, she goes, actually the problem's not Brian. The problem is you have so much pride. You can't see the issues in yourself. Yeah. And she goes, when you change, Brian will be fine. I said, cancel my counseling appointment for next week, Laura. I'm canceling my flowers, too. <laughs> and I was like, frick, that's not the answer I wanted. And I drove home, and I was like, I would never describe myself as a prideful person. I feel like Moses. I would write on myself, I'm the most humble man who ever lived. <laughs> Don't you love that Moses spin that? He's like, what shall I say of my life? I am the most humble man who ever lived. <laughs> like, I felt like that. And you know what I realized is I had years of pride built up. And, and I want to tell some of you, you're not the standard for your husband to live up to. You're not the standard for your friends to meet. 
you're not the standard of a Christian, the example Christian. If you're like priding yourself, oh, I'm so good. I've got it all together. No, you're just prideful. You're actually the worst. And eventually at a point in your life, Paul wrote this. He said, Christ came for all sinners of whom I'm the chief of sinners. If you don't describe yourself as the greatest sinner, then you haven't yet realized grace. You haven't yet encountered Christ and you've got pride lurking in your heart. If you're looking at your spouse and you're like, man, when they change, life will be great. No, honey, when you change. And I'll say Brian and I are more in love than ever before. And, and I told Laura, I said, it's, she goes, that's great. I said, no, I, like we're doing so good. And I was like, but it's not because he changed, it's because I changed. And, and sin, we don't think of pride as being a sin, but pride is the ultimate sin. Everything that we do that is sin all comes back to pride. And pride says this, I know better than God, that I can find a better way than God. That's why you don't pray is because you think you can sustain your life without God. You don't read scripture because you don't think that his, his word is worth your life being built upon. It's pride. That's why you don't pick up the word. That's why you don't come to church. I don't need to anybody else. I can do it on my own. And so you're out trying to figure it out. It's all pride. And when I realized that everything bad in my life is a result of pride, come on, somebody, I began to check myself and realize I had pride lurking in a lot of areas of my heart. And God began to humble me. And there's two ways you can get humbled. Either you can humble yourself or God will humble you. He'll send a Laura into your life, call you out. But even worse, he will humble you publicly. You don't want that, right? Let God do it to you in private where it's just you and him and he can see you with your pants down and your, all your mistakes hanging out. Renee's like, amen. <laughs> Hebrews 2.1, we did this last night, but let's do it again. It says, since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever to the truths that we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and slip away. Symptoms of a dr- drifting heart. Are you ready? Number one, you start to make excuses for, this, for the sin that's in your life. You start to make excuses for it. You start to justify it. Well, it's just a hard day. It's a difficult season. You know my heart. I'm not always this way. Come on. You avoid reading your Bible. A drifting heart doesn't want to spend time in the Word. You have like an aversion to it. When, when I was going through a season of just being so prideful, I didn't want to spend time in the Word. I was like, I don't want to spend time in this. Like, I don't want God to tell me I'm wrong. I want somebody to tell me I'm right. It's definitely not Laura. Number three, you pull away from friends that are pursuing God. And you find reasons for it. I found when people start going down a path of sin, they make every excuse why they have to cut out Christian people in their life. Oh, they're just not really fun, or my schedule's just too busy, it's too full. No, you're just justifying the sin that's in your life. Hello. And, and hello, unforgiveness is a sin. Come on, bitterness is a sin. All right, next one. You allow your emotions to lead you. We feel emotions, but they should never be the driver for our life. And when your emotions start getting the final say, it's always going to lead you away from God's house, his presence, his word. A symptom of a drifting heart is you've lost compassion for people. You used to be so compassionate. You'd see somebody fail. You'd see something happen. Your heart would just break within you. And now you're like, hmm, 
Have it come into him. Something on the inside of you glories when they slip up. Are we okay? If you get joy of seeing on Instagram when somebody that you've had a jealous spirit towards and you see that they lost their job or their marriage is falling apart and you can't wait to call your friend and spill the tea, you have pride in your heart. All right. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. Okay. Love me. All right. You're easily offended. How hard are you to offend? If you're easy to offend, it's because you have a drifting heart. It's impossible to look at the cross and stay offended. Because I'm the sinner that's on the cross. When I look at the cross and I see that all that Christ has forgiven me of, how can I hold on to all this bitterness? Some of you are so easily offended. Well, they didn't have oat milk for my latte. I'm offended. Sis, get over it. I tell people all the time, I am the hardest person to offend. Like uh, my staff will even tell you, cause I forget. I think one of the spiritual gifts that we miss is mercy. And I walk in such a mercy gift. I, I literally, something will happen. I'll be like, oh, that hurts so bad. And then I'm like, I forgive you. I love you. Goodbye. And then something will happen. I'll be like, I want them in my life and be my best friend. They're like, don't you remember what they did to you? They betrayed you. They talked bad about you. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right. But some of you are record keepers with little things. How easy are you to offend? It's impossible to stay offended and look at the cross. All right. The next one is you feel hopeless about the future feel hopeless about the future. When you get into a sin cycle, it starts to feel like it's always going to be this way, that you can never get free of it. Okay, you've stopped praying for God to help you with that area of your life. Used to, you kept your heart before the Lord. God, help me. God, change me. You would mess up. You would sin. And you would immediately go to the God and say, God, change this part of me. But now you're like, God, we can talk about anything else but this. Is there locked rooms in your heart that you don't let God into? God, you can have all this other stuff, but you can't have this. The enemy of what's sad is whenever we're in a sin cycle, shame comes in. And shame keeps us from pulling others in for help. So when we're in this sin cycle, we want out so bad, but we just don't know how to get out. All right, we good? Sin will rob you of your passion for Jesus. Sin's one goal, its one objective is to keep you out of the presence of God. Think about this. The immediate, what was the result of Adam and Eve? The minute they sinned, what did they do? Hide from God. Why? The whole goal of pride, every sin summed up in pride, is to keep you from God's presence. It's, it's to make you get away from him. And so uh, if you feel like your passion for Jesus is waning, look back. Is there an area of your life that you've been convicted about and you have not been obedient to repent? I hope you got so much out of today's content. Can you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button so you never miss out on any new content here on my podcast? Also, one of the best ways for people to find my podcast is by you. If you will, share this podcast on your social media or maybe text it to a friend. Help me get the word out so we can help others. Also, everything you need to know about today's podcast will be available down in the show notes. I also have a link for you to stay subscribed to my emails so you never miss out on anything that I have going on. So, hey, thank you so much for being here and let's do something awesome for God this week.